Welcome to Matriarchal Medicine, a sanctuary designed to inspire women on their journey to matriarchy by reconnecting them with their intuition and innate wisdom. Join us as we explore the stories, wisdom, and medicine of women who are claiming this sacred and holy role. Welcome to Matriarchal Medicine. I'm your host, Audrey Thorpe. And today's episode, I'm going to walk you through my journey to being a autonomous midwife and why I chose to work outside of the system. So I have lived many, many lives uh, in my short 33 years on this planet, like I've mentioned in my intro episode. And it really has, like I've mentioned, the common thread has been that I have walked with women um, on their journeys for the past 15 years, from their menarch to menopause, from preconception, pregnancy, uh, postpartum, you know, childbirth, postpartum. I've walked with women through all of these beautiful journeys. And I spent a lot of time um, with a lot of families, obviously, during their prenatal time, during their birth, during their postpartum. And I wanted a option to support the whole family. I would see dads need so much support. I would see, you know, new siblings trying to navigate this new family constellation. And I really wanted something to offer them. Well, while also recognizing that I'm just one person and I cannot replace the village for this family. So I played with a couple different ideas. Again, I was probably... This is also during the time of my, my deconstruction journey. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, make sure to listen to that as well, because it's incredibly relevant to the story as well. Uh, but I was going back and forth, like I said, uh, I was probably about a year postpartum with my son, and I had a really great experience with both acupuncture and homeopathy in his pregnancy. I utilized both of them throughout my pregnancy. Uh, my midwife had uh, helped me with some homeopathy recommendations, and I had still have a beautiful relationship with my acupuncturist. I absolutely love and adore her. And she was really instrumental with helping me heal um, after my pregnancy loss. And she held my hand beautifully throughout our fertility journey uh, with Atlas. So both of these modalities held beautiful parts in, in my heart. And I was playing with the idea of going one way or the other. Now, during this time, uh, we were living in Sarasota and just a couple miles away from, from the traditional Chinese medicine school, actually. And we were playing with the idea of moving. We were playing with the idea of you know leaving the state, and we eventually did, which led me to going the route of homeopathy. I could study online. I could study with a professional course uh, that route. But what kept coming up for me was I kept comparing myself to a peer of mine and I kept having this thing like go through my head of like, oh, well, if I go the homeopathy route, it's junk science, it's, you know, you know, quack, you know, quack type, you know, healing, like whatever. It, I won't be taken seriously. I won't, regardless if I spend another four years of studying or not, uh, I won't be taken seriously. And my peer is a doctor. 
And so that's why I really kept getting pulled back to doing acupuncture is because I wanted to be seen as an equal. I wanted to be seen as, as a doctor as well. And yeah, the homeopathy route just made more sense for, um, for our time commitments for all of this. And this was also during COVID, uh, when it was still very, you know, prevalent in everyone's lives at this point. And I didn't appreciate the fact that no matter what modality you were working with, uh, you were incredibly limited by what you could and couldn't do based on the guidelines, based on the restrictions. You couldn't even cut hair without threat of losing your license. And that just didn't sit well with me. So... Around the same time that I'm taking my professional homeopathy course, uh, I signed up for a four-year program, and I was going through my first semester, and at the same time, I was also taking my first autonomous birthkeeper um, program. And I'm kind of, I felt like I was sitting in like one foot in one in each world. With my homeopathy course, I had two instructors in completely different lectures say multiple times how we can't have people taking their health into their own hands. And the first time I heard it, I thought he was being sarcastic and like, oh, ha ha, okay, great. But then I heard it again and I heard it again. And that did not sit well with me at all. Because I'm not one for infantilizing adults. I'm not one for rescuing people. I mean, I've been there, done that with my whole, you know, doula career. Like it's one of the reasons why I don't consider myself a doula anymore, but ultimately, no, I, I do want people taking responsibility for their health. I do want people taking their health into their own hands. That's one of the reasons why I've, you know, since come out with homeopathy for the autonomous woman, that course is specifically designed for the autonomous woman to use homeopathy in her day-to-day life so she can take responsibility for her health and for the health of her family. So I navigated through this semester and ultimately I sat with, I, I, can, I can handle maybe not agreeing with every single instructor. I could handle maybe not, you know, seeing eye to eye with this mentor, with this instructor, with this teacher. But when it was all the teachers speaking this way, I couldn't, I, I just, I couldn't continue. So I took a leave of absence from that, for that school, just because it was a lot for me to, to sit with. And it was a lot for me to navigate. And at the same time, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take a break. I'm just going to focus on myself. I'm going to focus on recouping physically, mentally, emotionally, after our big move. Um, and then I found my teacher who I was looking for and she is a wise elder. I absolutely love and adore her. And I took a course with her on homeopathy. It was a intensive course. Um, it was 300 hours in such a short amount of time. And I loved every second of it because I was able to utilize this knowledge and this wisdom with the clients that I was working with during this time as well. Um, I was able to help women through missed miscarriages. I was able to help women throughout their pregnancy and childbirth with homeopathy. And I was able to see it play out firsthand. 
And that's when I knew that I had found the route that I wanted to take. And I remember sitting in Tennessee on the back porch in the Tennessee summer heat. And I was on the phone with my mom. And I was really at a pivotal point in in my career. And I was like, you know, I, I have this choice. I can go back to this professional homeopathy course and get certified and go through all, all of the hoops and loops for certification, for licensure and all of this, um, and be tied to that license. Or I can continue to sit at the feet of wise elders. I can continue to sit at the feet of women who have learned from women. I can continue this path of studying autonomous midwifery care. I can continue to have hands-on practical skills of serving women and walking with women and being responsible to women, not being responsible for women. And I forget what my mom said, but essentially it was, you know, follow your peace because that's the right answer. So I sat with that. And that's when I had the realization that I would at no point in my future step into a formally accredited or formally licensed or formally certified anything for my career again. And I spent the next two years studying at the feet of wise elders. I continue to spend my time at the feet of wise elders. I continue to learn from the women that I serve and that I support because because I chose this route, I'm able to tend to women how they want to be tended to. The women that I walk with through their pregnancy, they get to choose what tests they want. They get to choose what labs they want. They get to choose if they want an ultrasound or not. They get to choose if they want X, Y, and Z done. And I also have my boundaries of, obviously, I'm not practicing medicine, uh, so I'm not a suturing birth keeper. I don't carry Pitocin. I don't carry, um, you know, any type of pharma meds on me at any point because I'm not practicing medicine. And they know that when they go into this agreement with me. They know this when they come under my membership. And... I love the fact that this gives both of us the freedom to be in full integrity. I don't have to transfer women out of care because the babies breach. I don't have to transfer women out of care because they went 42 weeks. Because according to Florida state law, those are reasons why someone would be risked out of care for a home birth which breach and 42 weeks or going over 42 weeks is all within the realm of normal. It's all within, it's all a variation of normal. Now, I'm not saying that I just woke up one day and I just decided that I'm going to roll out of bed and, and do this. I've spent the past 10 years studying. I've, sent the, I've spent the past 10 years working with women in these capacities and learning and being mentored and having hands-on experience. So again, I don't parade myself as someone that I'm not. 
I'm very upfront, very honest with the families that I work with. And I tell a lot of families, no, I won't work with you or I'm not the right birth attendant for you because this is a very interesting dynamic that, that I go into with these families because essentially I'm facilitating what the family wants. Uh, I had one woman call me and she started kind of interviewing me and she's like, what's your protocol for this? What's your protocol for that? What's your protocol for this? What, what, what would you do in this instance? And she was not happy with any of my answers because what my answers ultimately were is what would you want to do in that situation? I don't have a protocol for that. What would you want to do if that's how this went down? What would you feel safest if this is what happened? And she did not like the fact that I would not tell her what I would, what my protocol was. And I said, I don't have protocols. This is a, this is a two-way relationship. And that's the difference that you get when you work with someone that's truly autonomous in their business. I don't answer to a board. I don't answer to a license. I answer to the woman who has trusted me to walk with her. I don't make decisions for her. I give suggestions. I give recommendations. But she ultimately is a grown woman who's making these choices for her and her baby. And I have so much peace around that. I was telling my mom it was like a really big full circle moment. Um, the same peer from three years ago that I was so insecure about not being, you know, viewed as an equal with her, I could not care less about right now. And not saying like her as a her as an individual, but the the competition and the comparison and we are living two completely different lives. I mother completely differently than she does. I conduct my business completely differently than she does. And there's no right or wrong. It's, it's just different. And I have more freedoms in the way I conduct business than she does. I chose to dedicate my time and my energy in a different way than she did with her learning. And that's fine. So like I said, the, the full, full circle, you know, th- almost four years later, three years later, it feels so good to be at a place where I feel fully in integrity. I'm not playing with imposter syndrome anymore. I'm not feeling I'm inadequate because I don't have all of these... Oh, I do. I have a ton of cert. I have a ton of certifications behind my name. I have a ton of hours behind me, but I don't have that licensure. But I don't have MD. You know, I I don't have CPM. I don't have RN. I don't have any of these, you know, titles that so many people strive for and bless them on on that journey to them. I don't have any of those titles behind my name, and I still am fully confident. And not arrogantly confident and not blindly confident in my abilities to support the families that choose me to support them. I've seen 
what these systems have to offer. I've been gaslit by these systems. The women that I work with have been gaslit by these systems. I remember as a young, naive baby doula, um, you know, having this thought of, well, I'm going to fix the system from the inside out. And the system's not broken. The system functions exactly how it was designed to function. It's designed to remove the mother from the baby, emotionally, energetically, even physically eventually. It's designed to have the mothers question their intuition. It's designed to tell women not to trust their intuition and to depend on the holy machines in front of them. To blindly trust the godlike doctors in front of them. When the doctors in front of you wouldn't even know you without the clipboard in their hands. I spent two days in a, in a breach workshop recently this year. And it was all in a room filled with licensed midwives, whether that be a certified professional midwives, nurse midwives, um, licensed, yeah, all, all the certifications and all the licensure that you could get midwives. And there was a couple of doulas and a couple of childbirth educators in there. Uh, but I was the only one that at least openly admitted that I support women outside of the system. And the whole two days was spent with all of these midwives lamenting over how their hands are tied with restrictions, how they have to transfer out, how they have to do this, how they can't do that. And it was really interesting because, again, like I mentioned earlier, in the state of Florida, it's illegal for a midwife to attend a breech birth. So explain to me why I was in a room with probably close to 20 licensed midwives at a breech workshop, if it's illegal. They were all sitting there talking about how the OBs are the problem, you know, the, the hospitals are the problem, and yet they're trained through the same program. Their schooling is through the obstetrical care model, which is rooted in such, it has such evil origins. And I don't think a lot of midwives recognize that. The midwifery model as it is today is just an extension of the hospital. It's just an extension of an OB. There is just as much abuse and trauma that happens at the hands of midwives as does obstetricians. And that's because they are serving their license. And I, again, I do not say that with judgment. I say that with, that is their livelihood. They have spent their entire lives and a small fortune getting that license having mal malpractice insurance, having all of these things in place so they can essentially try to play God in your pregnancy and in your birth. The reason why I say, if not more, is because so many women go into care with home birth midwives who have their hands tied to their license. 
they have to transfer you out of care. Otherwise, they'll lose their license. They're at risk of losing their license. They're at risk of losing their livelihood. And so you get a woman who wants a home birth and, oh, let's go work with a, with a home birth midwife. And I am jiving with her and I love her and think we're so intimately connected. She's been amazing throughout my prenatals. And, oh, I'm a first-time mom. Mm, I'm getting close to 42 weeks. And I get transferred out of care at the last minute. And I end up in a hospital feeling abandoned, feeling disappointment, feeling grief, all going into what should be one of the happiest days of your life when you welcome a new life into your family constellation. All because of a technicality. And then you have midwives who will fudge numbers and, oh, maybe she's not 42 weeks. Maybe I miscalculated her, you know, her ovulation date. Maybe I miscalculated. And you, you get into like this gray area of, again, being out of integrity. I'm not saying that working with a practitioner or a, um, a support person like myself is the right fit for everyone. By no means am I saying that working with a autonomous birth keeper or a traditional birth attendant is for everyone because it's not. I work with women who are self-directed. I work with women who claim their radical responsibility for their health and for the decisions that they make. And not every woman is there for that. Not every woman can can do that. I know I couldn't when I was first pregnant. No, I, I wasn't in that space. My second go-round, you bet your butt I was. My second go-round, I told my midwife this, that, 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 and this. And if you're not on board, then you don't have to show up. And she did exactly what I asked her to do. Technically, I should have been risked out of care for a couple things with her. And she still showed up. And I told my husband throughout the course of my prenatal care with her, if at any time she tells me that I have to be risked out of care, I'm having this baby by myself. You can be there if you want to, but I, and I understand if you don't. But I am not going to a different midwife, and I'm not going to a hospital. Because I didn't feel like I needed to. This is also where I come in to say, listen to your intuition. If your intuition's telling you that, no, I need to be with an OB. No, I need to birth in a hospital. No, I need to birth with this midwife. Listen to your intuition. It is there for a reason. And that's why so much of the work that I do with women prenatally, and really a big reason why I'm, I'm even having these conversations on this podcast, is because our intuition has been stripped from us. Since conception. Since conception, we've been conditioned to not listen. Cry it out method for so much of my generation. Screaming out for help, screaming out for love, screaming out for attention, just to be crying by yourself until you completely disassociate. Being fed on a schedule and not being able to listen to our bodies and not being fed on demand when we're crying out for food and nourishment from our parents. So many of us were born in the hospital ourselves and immediately whisked away from our mother, from our safety, from our heartbeat that we've known for 10 months growing inside this, this 
beautiful home were whisked away, put under a warmer because the doctors know better versus me as a baby knowing where to find comfort and where to find my mother's breast. And this just continues. Childhood, going into school, we're told that we can pee and eat during these times and that's it. We can have water right after recess, that's it. We're being conditioned and trained to not listen to our bodies, to not listen to our intuition. And then we get to our menarch. Don't listen to your intuition. Don't listen to your body. We don't even know how to, how to navigate the world with our bodies. Because nobody's taught us. Because we get a pamphlet thrown at us and let me know if you have any questions. Here's a box of tampons. Let me know if you have any questions. And these are the women that show up to their birth waiting to be told what they need to do. Blindly trusting someone that they think knows best when all they're doing is just regurgitating what they've been taught or pulling up the most recent Google search to, to have their, their questions answered for the client, for their patient. My intention with this share is this has been an ongoing journey for me of trusting my intuition of reconnecting myself with my intuition and my inner knowing. I'm tired of outsourcing to other people and I'm tired of being a part of the system that infantilizes women and encourages her and her family to outsource her decisions. So that is why I am responsible to women and not for women. That is why I am with women, not a system. Be sure to check out the show notes because I have a lot of resources for you included there. That's all for today's episode. And until next time, 